0: Atlassian.
1: to product analytics to product led growth that's pendo.io/pivot to learn more Hi everyone this is Pivot from New York Magazine and the Vox Media Podcast Network I'm Kara Swisher
0: and I'm Scott Galloway
1: What is up with the news this weekend Scott I go going away. on Kara? Pick up my son at college and bring him home on. from NYU And like drama all over the place, mergers, drama, Bill Gates, everything like all over the place. Elon Musk hating on Bitcoin, et cetera. All right. Let's start with Bill Gates. We have to talk about this. The New York Times published an article making allegations that the Microsoft founder made many unwanted advances on employees over the years. Uh, Mm -hmm. The Wall Street Journal reported that Bill Gates' 2020 uh, resignation from Microsoft's board of directors came after the board hired a law firm to investigate a romantic relationship, an inappropriate one he had with a Microsoft employee. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another, I guess it was Daily Beast, said he hung out with Jeffrey Epstein and got marriage advice from him, which I'm not sure about that one, but he did hang out with him more than he said, and it was an issue of contention. And then Bill Gates' money, Manager was involved in a sexual harassment issue with a person at a bike store. They I don't even understand it. Um, but Melinda was not happy about how that was handled, plus the Epstein thing, which led to the divorce, which is where we are, which is where she would be one of the richest women in the world. Um yeah. anyway, so what up? What up, Scott? I think you were surprised.
0: Um, yeah, I actually I was really shocked by it, to be honest. Uh you know what, Kara? I I, I only know what's in the news. Yeah. And you know, you know these people. Uh, you know, on a personal level, I, yeah. I I I'd just be curious. You just you you just have more authority yeah, to, to I, speak to this issue than I do. I don't know them.
1: You know, there were rumors that they ha- had an unhappy marriage, but like there's lots of rumors about people, right? I right. don't. I, it's not what I cover, so. And, you know, he had a pretty, I mean, everyone sort of knew Microsoft, and it's been chronicled, and there were several real problems that people there. um, They had a lot of partying in the early days, and, you Mm -hmm. know, there was a whole report about strippers in the early days. He was a single guy. I I don't know what to say, but they had a wild, they had some wild times there early Mm -hmm. on. Um, I think the more problematic things is it came. The, the, this report came in the middle of uh, or, or the—or the woman he had an affair with um, wrote a letter to the board, and it was right in the middle of the Me Too stuff, and so the board hmm. was trying to figure out what to do in that situation, and the woman wanted— um, his wife, Melinda French Gates, to read it. Um, you know, I think one of the, when these things surface, and there were not just Gates. There were a whole bunch of CEOs. If you, if you remember, there was a series of CEOs who had affairs at work. I can't remember all of them, but there were a couple, mm-hmm. and they had to step down right mm-hmm. at that time because it was the timing, etc. And um, and and some didn't. Some, you know, I mean, it, it's it's a really problem. I think. I think the one that I was. So that's the question of what happened there in the Wall Street Journal one, um, and then the one on Epstein. I don't know if he went there too much, or as you know, you said that you know he. It looks like he had a much more significant relationship. I do not. That says nothing about anything else. He just hung mm-hmm. out with him, um, uh, uh, and then the Times one was essentially someone awkwardly uh, making a series of date requests at work mm-hmm. uh, and not one, like he met his wife at work. So that's fine. I mean, that happens all the time too. And mm-hmm. he married her and um, lots of people meet at work and go out. And that's, you know, sometimes problematic, sometimes not. But in this case, it looks like he made a bunch of them, like a lot more mm-hmm. sort of saw work as a dating pool, I guess, in some fashion. So I think it was the number of them. And so, you know, I don't know. I don't, I think this is not um, good. It's disappointing. It's at the same time, um, until I see more, you know what I mean. I'm sort of waiting to see more. They had an unhappy marriage, I think. Is is mm-hmm. the and he was uh, trying to get some date people, I guess, on the side or something. I don't. I, again, I don't know the inside of anyone's marriage, so I don't know what, what that was personally. But you know, he's gotten him to him a mess of trouble when he's trying to actually put out some really interesting stuff about climate change, etc. So it's a real black eye for him, I suspect
0: yeah I, 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 as as you pointed out, I was really shocked when I read this um and I think where you I think you're right or where I think you're headed, I think you need to bifurcate the issues, and that is someone pursuing extramarital relationships after you know a twenty seven or during a twenty seven year marriage I'm going to go out on a limb here and suggest that that happens a lot, yeah. and it's easy to be judgmental, but it happens a lot, and we don't know the dynamics of that relationship. Yeah. What is more troubling is that, and I, I always go to, what's the learning here if you're a younger person in a company? And the learning is, if you're a 20 or 30 year old, you know, 30 something, and you meet someone and you wanna establish a relationship, and there's even some risks in that, but when people are spent we're asking people to spend so much time at work, mm-hmm. young people are supposed to meet, fall in love and mate, and that's going to happen at work. And I've, I'm going to a wedding this summer of two people who met at work. Mm-hmm. And so I don't, that, that's going to happen, and that's what happened with them. What is not acceptable, especially in this age, once you get to a certain level of power and an influence in a company, your fly needs to be up and locked at work. Well, he's a public company CEO of a
1: massive company.
0: That's my point. He became the wealthiest man in the world based off the stock of the company that he founded and then he was on the board of. And boss, if you're the wealthiest man in the world, it not only gives you the obligation, but quite frankly, it gives you the opportunity to take that shit off campus. It's just. It, that, that's just that's just not the sandbox.
1: Yeah, I think and it was interesting. It, he, you know, he could he travels all over the world. I was surprised he didn't meet people exactly. You know,
0: and then and then the other thing is that made me <laughs> that I thought about this. That there's a positive. I think that this is an example of how strong Microsoft's board is. Yeah. I think the board did the right thing. They kicked them off. I mean, can you imagine how easy it would have been for them to make all sorts of excuses for Bill Gates?
1: They they do have a strong board. They do. And
0: this is the difference between Microsoft's board and Tesla's board. Mm -hmm. Uh, Their CEO engages in massive market manipulation, and they're like, well, Elon's going to be Elon. And then Bill Gates, arguably the most iconic figure in the history of technology, who's made Mm -hmm. a ton of money for everyone sitting around that table, he does this and they say, sorry, boss, this reflects really poorly on you and on us, you're out. Yeah. And I think it really speaks to the character and good good corporate governance. Yeah. But it's easy to judge people personally, I don't think we should do that, but you get to a certain level in a company where you garner that kind of wealth, that kind of authority, it reeks of an abuse of power and it just reeks of just terrible judgment.
1: Well, it's interesting. They have John Thompson on the board. is a long time. He's been there a long time. Uh, he's the chair. Um, he became the chair during this. I think during this situation, they've got uh, Penny Pritzker, who was, you know, uh, was was a, was a, a commerce secretary. Um, yeah, it's commerce secretary, and mm-hmm. she's obviously a very wealthy um, private investor. Um, you know, they've got a really interesting board. And at one point, Reed Hastings was on the board. They have. Um, Uh, Padmasri Warrior, who was very uh, top tech, another top tech executive Mm -hmm. uh, at Cisco and CTO of Cisco, um, and is now working on all kinds of stuff. Um, You know, so it's an interesting, it's definitely an interesting board, a very strong board. Um, And you're right, they did, you know, they did act. It, It has... I don't say that there's women on it, but there's a lot. There's the CEO of Galaxo Smith Klein, obviously mm-hmm. probably close to Gates because of a lot of the uh, the medical stuff he does with his foundation and stuff. So yeah, and and then there's Sachin Nadella, of course, who's I think he's I'm not sure he's on the board. Is he on the board? Um, yeah, he's on the
0: board. He's the CEO. Or yeah,
1: yeah. So it's just it's a really interesting situation for sure. I mean, and and I think they acted correctly. They investigated it, looked like you know without fear or favor, and then decided it was um, problematic and said so so there you have yeah
0: i just the, and the other thing i thought about wow someone is very angry at bill gates and uh someone is leaking all of this mm-hmm. leaking these letters leaking these inside baseball and yeah. i don't think it's anyone on the board because they, they had a couple of years to leak it yeah and uh i don't know if it's the woman he was having the uh relationship with the obvious pick here, but I don't want to, I don't, nobody knows is, right. is his, his, his soon to be ex-wife, but somebody is very angry at Bill Gates.
1: Well, it looks, it looks like it's not a very, it, uh, is not going to be a particularly cooperative divorce as say the, the Bezos one was, even though Bezos essentially left his wife for another woman too, mm-hmm. um, whom he met outside of work. Um, uh, but, uh, but he, uh, you know, that was sort of a very cooperative And one, to be, and I just wanted to distinguish
0: that, I think there's a big distinction there. I think there's a big distinction. Yeah. I, I think that the the really disappointing, or the real, uh, uh, the real, what I would call professional lack of judgment here, was g- doing it at work. Yeah. Well, I mean, I just like he's such a smart guy. He is. And and uh, it's just such. And in a lot of ways, it's kind of tragic because this is an individual who's literally trying to, you know, cure malaria. I mean, could save the lives of millions of people. Yeah. And to, you on know, a risk adjusted separate. basis, yeah. Yeah. take these kinds of risks when, quite frankly, whatever he was looking for was probably available elsewhere at a much less collateral damage. Yeah. It's just like, this isn't the kind of guy you would think that would make this sort of risk adjusted, self inflicted error. I well, don't.
1: He's an awkward social person. I mean, I'm not, right. that's not an excuse by any means for him. I mean, I, I've. I have heard he's flirted with different people and it's awkward. It's never, it's never, I've never heard anyone said it was menacing or anything, but still in the workplace, it's unwelcome to do it multiple, multiple times. Um, and uh, again, he, pro- my guess is he met his wife there. He's like, oh, that's where you meet your, you know, right. I think in his head, that's, that's how he thinks. And she was a very high level executive at Microsoft, not high, high, but. You know, she was in the she was in the group. Not, and there weren't that many women Are there. Are you talking about his
0: wife or the woman he had a his relationship with? His wife and
1: his wife. Yeah. His, he met his wife there. So maybe in his head, I don't know. I, I'm not making excuses for Bill Gates. This is a bad look. This is a bad, bad, bad look yeah. for him. Uh, and again, we haven't gotten along that well over the years. But it's, uh, it's, it's both. Um, I thought the board acted. I think that's the best way to take away. The board acted correctly and uh, seemed to have t- tried to take care of it. Uh, you, know, I, you know, people will complain that they didn't say anything publicly, which, you know, Billionaires get a pass here, but I think in this case, probably handle it.
0: I don't think so. I, I think letting him, be, letting I mean, letting it be his idea, maintaining the integrity of the company, maintaining his ability to do the good work he's doing, not embarrassing him, his wife, and his family. Yeah. And I, I think they, I think they did the right thing. Quite frankly, not you, making you it a public forget disclosure. these companies.
1: You know, it, it's it, there's so much emotion at work. It's, there's so much emotion at work. Anyway, this was yeah. this was a sad story. This is a really sad story. And and he really had bad judgment. I think that's pretty much it. Um, uh, speaking of bad judgment, Elon tweeted that he would not be creating his own cryptocurrency unless Dogecoin oh, is unable to make changes about sustainability practices. So. You know, it's kind of a why I oughta. Like, he's been doing all these anti-Bitcoin the Bitcoin stuff. It's it, Please tell me what's going on here, Scott.
0: There, there's never been anything like it. I think the clearest Blue Flame daily newsletter is a guy named Matt Levine from oh, Bloomberg. Yes. This Fantastic. guy, every time I read something, I'm like, God, I wish I'd written that. <laughs> and he's just so funny and insightful and all, yeah, prolific. Him and Ben Thompson, I just, these guys, their brain is just most, I can't imagine they sleep. Um, But he had the right take, and that is what would an investor, Warren Buffett or J.P. Morgan, pay for a a little bottle and you rub it and a genie comes out and says, here's an asset and you can buy as much as you want. And then you can say something and take it up 10 percent and sell and then say something else and take it down 10 percent and buy and then wash, rinse and repeat. What would you pay for that? And that's what Elon Musk has now. He has a liquid $60 $60 billion in Dogecoin, $2 trillion in Bitcoin asset that he can take up or down 5 to 10% based yeah, on a tweet.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. But, you know what's It's interesting. He, he, let me just go through it. This is from a CNN article. So a user named Cryptowhale. That guy uh, mm-hmm. tweeted, uh, Bitcoiners are going to slap themselves next quarter when they find out Tesla dumped the rest of their Bitcoin holdings. With the amount of hate Elon Musk is getting, I wouldn't blame him. And Musk replied an hour later, indeed, which, of course, mm-hmm. it's like leaves that open. But then as the price fell and then also uh, Coinbase started going down uh, also, Um he tweeted, followed up the tweet, writing, to clarify speculation, Tesla's not sold any Bitcoin, which you had suggested the other day. Um, and, but it still went down um, uh, to 40, 42,000. It was way up at 60. Um, and so he really is causing all kinds of gyrations here, um, which in an area that's not regulated, of course, at the same time. so But he is a public company CEO with ownership of some of this stuff. So it really starts to get... Uh, problematic here i'd love to know the behind the scenes here why did he start doing it and then he did his twitter poll a tesla to accept dogecoin uh which he uh which he did too so he's i don't i don't get it he's
0: launching a coin he put out a tweet the other day saying we wouldn't do it unless dogecoin didn't improve which i read is coming soon to a theater near you the tesla coin yeah Yeah. and i just uh the guy has so much i mean he's clearly a genius right he Mm -hmm. clearly might uh, he already has probably put a dent or created momentum yeah. around the electrification of uh, internal combustion engines. He could put a, put a man or woman or uh, just people on Mars, which is very exciting. And this at a minimum is just a weird distraction. And I, you know what a board member is supposed to do? A board member every once in a while is supposed to call the CEO and say, what the actual thought?
1: Maybe something happened here because he, he sort of what he was into Dogecoin than he was. I want to know what happened. I want a great reporter like Matt or someone else to come tell me what happened there. Yeah, tell, tell me what happened. Who has really good sources? That board really doesn't like to. They they it's have a let a Elon board. be Elon kind of attitude. It's Just, not a board. <laughs> I agree, it but really I'm telling you, I've spoken to a bunch of them, and they're like, let Elon be. I'm like, all right, okay. Well, that's, that's, um, anyway, we have bored. to get on to the big story. Speaking of let AT&T be AT&T, it's spinning mm-hmm. off Time Warner and merging it with Discovery Plus in a new mm-hmm. standalone company. The abrupt move will combine the reality TV streaming power, Discovery, which includes networks like the Food Network, HGTV with Time Warner's HBO Max, Warner Brothers Studios and CNN, an effort to compete with heavy hitters like Netflix and Disney. Discovery CEO David Zaslav will run the mm-hmm. combined business, which is interesting. It also, uh, an effort for AT&T uh, will unwind its 2016 deal with Time Warner, the eighty. Five billion deal included the phone company's debt. The deal took several years to gain approval. What battled the Trump administration, if you recall that. The announcement, mm-hmm. after all that, said this week it would receive $43 billion in combination of cash, debts, and securities. Um, and, and the company will still uh, start with $55 billion in debt. I just don't—you what a, you know what it says? John Sankey is a shitty strategist, media strategist for this company. And, I, I you know, I don't know what to say, especially— you know, I like David Zasloff, but again, he's an old media type personality. Um, what do you think, Scott? You must have a lot to say here.
0: Yeah. So, look, the most expensive trip ever taken mm-hmm. was Verizon and at and trip from New Jersey and Dallas to Los Angeles. Yeah,
1: to go to the Oscars.
0: Yeah, they they uh, uh, Verizon leaves $5 billion dollars. Uh, less rich. They went they bought Yahoo AOL. Tim Armstrong sold it for 10 billion. Mm-hmm. It's worth five billion just a couple of years later. Yeah, which you think is uh, worth
1: more. But go ahead. Yep.
0: Uh fourth most Traffic in our society. Anyways, yeah. um and then ATT it, it wasn't 85 with the data. It was more like 110 or 120. It makes Jeff Bugas look like a genius. He sold at the top. And then the company, they get supposedly $44 billion in debt relief from the new entity, or they're taking $44 billion, so that's, okay, $44 And they're going to own 71% of the new company, which to make this a wash, that means the new entity would have to be worth $100 billion in equity, which it will not be. So mm-hmm. this also looks like it's going to be something that acknowledges the the valuation has been cut in half. Now, having said that, mm-hmm. a step back when you're on the wrong path is a step in the right direction. Yes, you, that is And to Stankey's credit... He said, this isn't working, and how do we how do we have some sort of peace with honor here and make this mistake or the exit wounds as least damaging as possible? Putting it into a spin, an independent unit with, and then to bulk up with discovery is the right move because mm-hmm. it creates arguably the third or fourth player. The consolidation is happening. Yep. This will be a company with $20 billion in original content budget. It will be a dramatic i don't know how that synergy is going to work together i don't know if don lemon's going to be naked and afraid or anderson cooper is oh. going to be hosting shark week i don't know how these yeah. things play together but the Zaslov's challenge is he's going to do what very few traditional media executives other than bob Iger, being in life given license to do and then he's going to he's going to have to walk through the valley of death and make such extraordinary investments and take his ebitda down in order to move people from analog cable where they don't have access to consumer data to streaming where they have access to it yeah. and hope that the market, similar to what they've done with Disney, tolerate that decline in EBITDA because they see the great world of streaming. But this was strategically, in my view, a very, well, very smart move. could have bought move. it? I
1: was trying to think. Now, one of the things, obviously, Twitter and CNN acquisition is not going to happen, Scott, as much as you like that.
0: Still could. Well, Still good, but this—I mean, okay. But what did we say? It's, we said AT and T is going to spin this thing, Yes, we and did. they have.
1: Right? No, I know, but I, I like your Twitter CNN thing. I like that a lot.
0: So, uh, AT and T ne- needed to reduce debt. They've done that. They want to get the most money they can. They're putting it into pure play because this is what happens in a conglomerates. Yeah. Investors, unless they see immediate synergy, they find the shittiest business and they value the whole business at that multiple, and that's what they were doing with AT and T. And yeah. AT and T and Verizon have these amazing businesses. They do five
1: G. Yeah. And That's they're what like, Stanky okay. Stanky said after lecturing. And, then, and not like that. Can you imagine the media.
0: culture clash here? A bunch oh, yeah. of Dallas Republicans and a bunch of New York Democrats. Well, they must you
1: know, have when Richard Wepler left, like you were like, oh, yeah, this, you know, he couldn't stand Stanky, like and the rest of them. And he didn't want to be lectured. Uh, listen, Stanky lectured me about media. And I was like, are you talking? He's real tall. And I was like, I can't hear you up there. Like, I don't, I don't want to listen to you. But it was really astonishing the lecturing that went on by these phone people about media to media people. And I know media people can be obnoxious, but literally they knew nothing about, and it was all hmm. such nonsense, the stuff they were spewing. They, they were on stage at Code a number of times, whether it was uh, Randall Stevenson or Stanky. And I was always like, I kept that thing in my head, bullshit, 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 like the whole time. And so, you know, maybe they'll do what the thing is. They're competing with these tech companies and Mm -hmm. Netflix, which have done a fantastic job Mm -hmm. and have tons of money for content creation. That said, look, I'm watching, last night I watched two HBO shows, uh, The Nevers. It's all about badass women. And And Mare. Mare. Mare.
0: She's so good, HBO still has some of that secret they sauce do, culture, but like yeah. to
1: throw, not to throw, to have Plepler, like you know, take his Gucci loafers and go is a real well. Uh, you know,
0: who's the next exit? Jason Oh, Keillor, oh right? Yeah, zazlov came out on top.
1: Yeah, well, someone told me, someone pretty high up said he's at one of these restaurants looking for a job right now, so mm-hmm. yeah, yeah.
0: But look, I, I, I had a different experience with John Stanky, I, I haven't had a lot of. Uh, interaction with him, but he basically called me and said, what should we do? And seemed very humble and very thoughtful and listened a lot, mm, uh, and not so I girls. had a different- Not
1: to not to ladies, he's not, so. <laughs>
0: uh, so uh, but I'd, look, this was, this was, again, a mistake is bad, not acknowledging the mistake is worse. Yep. And I think this is probably, as I think about it, the, a bulking up and a spin trying to get some of that multiple, no one was gonna pay, the money they wanted in an asset purchase. But they've already
1: made the wrong decision. I don't mean to insult David Zaslav, but he's just not the future leader of media. It's like you put him against Ted Sarandos and Reed Hastings, give me a break. It's like they're going to just dunk on him over and over again. Even the even the you know, I don't know. I just am like, oh god, this. Guy. I like him, but he's so old media. But maybe people like him. People like him. He's. Uh,
0: you know it, what we never talk about though is a lot of this is dictated by your shareholder base. AT and has a shareholder base that wants a dividend and was never yep. going to let Stanky make the types of investments they need to make to pulse. Keep in mind the cable bundle does three times the profit of the streaming video yep. companies yep. now. And has a third of the valuation. Yeah. And people buy at t stock get a, to get a 5% dividend. So then we're never going to let Stanky make the requisite investments he needs to make to compete with the Netflixes of the world and with the, with the Disney pluses him off. of the he world. He should
1: have been fired. Come on. Like, you make this many mistakes. Oh, I don't. I, I want to later. Be,
0: I want to be clear. He owns uh, – you want to talk about foul balls? Talk about – Direct TV they purchased that thing for like 55 billion and they basically sold it for 15. Yes. They will claim they are cleaning up Randall Stevenson's mess, but Stanky was the head of strategy. He has to own this too. So yeah, I'm not you're right. This this is but uh, look, uh, a bad decision is wrong, not fixing it is worse. They're, they they are they have they, this is a self-inflicted wound. They have taken they have, they're trying to like heal themselves. They had to do this. They did this from a position of weakness quite frankly my guess is they were shopping all these assets around and they realized yeah. we're not going to get we're not going to get the price we wanted so they're putting it in and they've been very kind of cagey around valuation i think when the numbers when people actually get their pencils out i think what this yeah. is going to show is that a 120 billion dollar acquisition was turned into a 60 billion dollar company yeah and uh, so they'll take a i think they're going to have to take a fairly substantial write down but just in terms of the future of HBO and CNN, which I adore, I think they're just incredible Mm -hmm. assets. Mm -hmm. I think this gives them a chance at getting the pure play And Zaslav, I don't know him at the all. People
1: how I would love him. He's not Jason Kylar who pissed everyone off telling them right. the truth. Jason right. was just telling him the truth and just right. did it in a way they didn't they didn't like to be petted. But you know, it would be interesting to see if Jeff Zucker stays now. That's an interesting I think he will. I think yeah. I read
0: he's Zaslav's friend. So. Yeah, oh I bet.
1: Oh, I bet they hang out and do cigars and brandy all the time. That
0: I could see that. Well, that's what all white guys do. Well, honestly. We, that's <laughs> like, all we do is. Do I just, just it's drink like John Zeggy gets cigars. to be
1: CEO. Like yeah. everyone moves up into the that's left. That's all we do. We take our prostate medication. Money. we watch football like honestly like losing all this money he gets to be the CEO and then goes 5G <laughs> like oh, fuck you you
0: don't know I mean who knows well anyways I, uh, I like,
1: want him to come you know what I'm, we're having code, and you and I are going to grill him if he comes. He has, no, I, he has
0: no guts to come. Look, John here's Stanky, the you have line. guts to
1: take care he's of, an you sure? of the Remember, I was the short girl biting your knee at the last event.
0: What about girls biting my knees? No, what are you I, talking when about? When we were
1: at an event, literally, he ignored me. Is this me. a
0: Bill Gates party? No. What are we talking about? <laughs>
1: we were at some event, the Vanity Fair event or whatever. And Stanky and the Randall—they're so friggin' tall. They're ridiculously, insanely tall. And yeah. like I was talking to him, and they like treated me like I was like it was. I, it never really happens to me that much, but these two were like lecturing me on media and i literally was like i gotta get out of here like i what who's this annoying girl i could just see it like, it doesn't usually come out quite so clearly but i gotta tell you john come to code and me and scott will give have a few questions for you questions
0: i want to go to the vanity fair party with you it's just so we look like oh, ichabod crane dropping its daughter off at kindergarten let's
1: go let's go and bother celebrities we're, we would be good at that mm-hmm. anyway mm-hmm. john you're not a nonsensical ridiculous money loser come and come to
0: <laughs> well, that's an invitation he can't turn down. <laughs> you know down. what,
1: he should. Yeah, I'm going to have Hans Vestberg if he doesn't. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to just play Hans this. Hans Vestberg,
0: here. is that Verizon? Verizon. So,
1: yeah. He took right. over after the last disaster. He, he's cleaning up that one. Anyway
0: yeah anyways <laughs> i'm excited to see what zaslov does he's got like he's got three or six months he
1: throws a good dinner party i'll tell you that
0: to go gangster and really pulse the streaming and take and try and take the bottom line is he needs to keep he needs to to milk the shit out of the ad business yeah. and make huge uncomfortable investments yep. to get a direct relationship with consumers vis-a-vis streaming and say to the market we are the number two, maybe even the number one yeah, if yeah. You really wants to enter conceptual they oh, hallucination. Like talent
1: up and down. Good for talent. They'll get all kinds of money in this deals. But many years ago, you know, Discovery, you may not know this, started in the Washington area. right. Um, yes, I've been there, yeah. Yeah, and I i did a profile when they were starting, and they were trying desperately to get on cable stations, essentially. Mm-hmm. it was a guy named John Hendricks who founded the company, and I did a little profile. I went and visited him up in, I don't know, it was Bethesda or Rockville or something like mm-hmm. that. I think it was Bethesda. And I wrote the single best Lead I've ever written in my whole life for the Washington Post. That's and a
0: high bar. You've written I'm a lot of stuff. I'm telling you, this was my stuff. lead. This okay, was my lead. Ahead. It was
1: a quote from John Hendricks. It was sharks and Nazis, Nazis and sharks. Thank God for Nazis and Sharks. And it was because that's what made Discovery. They did endless Nazi Nazi history shows, essentially. You know, yeah, the I've third watched ride. all of them. What?
0: I yep, watched th- all of them. The they're Hitler all on Discovery channel. and then Shark yeah. Week.
1: And he, he, that was the best quote I've That's ever got: chocolate
0: and peanut butter. I'm Two great just telling Nazis go and go sharks, sharks, sharks together.
1: and Nazis, thank God for Nazis and sharks.
0: Uh, you know what? Disco- I think Discovery has one of the best brands in media. I just They do. and they have. They remember the Learning Channel? Brand.
1: The Learning Channel. TLC. Yeah, I think they do. I think they It'll remember a, the I Discovery Channel. I like the idea stores? of Naked and Afraid with Anderson Cooper. Or, no, <laughs> you said Don Lemon. Right.
0: Yes. Either. Would
1: you ever go on Naked and Afraid? I interviewed someone who was on Naked and Afraid.
0: I would not, Kara. You I would not? not. I can honestly say I would not. You know what we should go on? I- Return I to
1: Amish. They have a show called Return to Amish. You and <laughs> I could go back to the Amish. You're all, you all over the place. Good. You would look good in an Amish hat.
0: Yeah. You could yeah. you
1: could pull that off. I don't I think I would that. so much. It's a little hand, handmaid's tale for me. Anyway, uh, we'll go take a quick break. We'll be back to talk about Twitter's new subscription service, Scott, right again, and friend of Pivot, GLAD president, Sarah Kate Ellis.
2: Fox Creative.
3: This is advertiser content from Atlassian
4: That's A T L A S S -S I A N dot com. Support for this podcast comes from constant contact. If you're a business owner, you already know that it's really, really hard to cut through the noise of everyday life. If you want to connect with your customers, you need to break through the noise. You need constant contact. Okay,
1: Scott, we're back. Twitter is announcing its new subscription service, Twitter Blue. Oh, once, finally, finally, I want you just to talk about this. I'll just give some facts. The tiered service is rumored to cost $3 a month and is testing features that include the ability to undo tweets, charge to use uh, a dashboard app, TweetDeck, and create superfalls, which would allow you to uh, follow a creator or publisher for a monthly subscription fee and get exclusive content. Twitter has also made several new product announcements over the past several weeks, including updating its warnings for potentially offensive tweets and rolling out Tip Jar featured to allow users to make donations to some creators, it's not clear yet when this new subscription would launch. They're they're taking their sweet time, and who will be available? But Scott, all yours.
0: Huh? Twitter and subscription? <laughs> wow, <Well>, really? <laughs> what a thunk that! Oh my gosh! I mean. Just literally, I know. As, years, years. as Snap has become the product development department for Facebook, yeah. who is the strategy department for Twitter? Scott the Galloway. Fox Media Podcast <laughs> Network. Scott as, Galloway. As the beard in his nose ring are having the sweat of some monk. Rubbed on the small of his back by Sean Penn <laughs> as they talk about whether Uranus <laughs> should be upgraded to a planet back from an asteroid. The dog is telling those shitheads yeah. what the fuck to do here. Yeah. Now yeah. I, look, uh, have yeah. you? Uh, did you? By the way, I'm not a product. Is it close guy. to
1: what you want? What do you? What no, you, is I it?
0: want it. Doesn't make. I don't. I okay. Now you deflated me. Now okay, you deflated sorry. Me. I just
1: want to know what you think of the service they're talking about. It seems confusing. I don't...
0: I don't, I, I'm like, I'm not even sure I'd pay three bucks for that because I don't understand what it is. I still yeah. think they should move to a pay per follower count. And mm-hmm. rather than, I mean, they're product guys. I think of myself as a strategy kind of a, a guy and I have a lot of respect for product people mm-hmm. who actually understand and do the testing and the consumer research. But I read it and I thought, would I pay three bucks? for that? I thought the pricing was weird. Three bucks, two ninety-five yeah. yeah. a month, I thought that was weird. Mm-hmm. And I still think it should be, zero to 10,000 or a nonprofit or zero to 100,000 free, 100,000 to a million, 10 bucks a month, above a million it starts going like crazy, like parabolic, like 100 mm-hmm. or a thousand. And I think everyone will whine and say they won't pay it and then they pay it. But look, it's a step in the right direction, strategically it's smart, but mm-hmm. I am sick. I, I have been so fooled by these people. They. This is about the eighth time they've launched a subscription yeah. effort and then it kind of tomorrow never ends up being today. So. So uh, we'll look, see. We'll Twitter see. stock
1: was forty one dollars and sixty five cents in two thousand thirteen, and now it's fifty one eighty three. <laughs> it's not really. You think?
0: What? you think? Do you think? Do you think? Do you think Twitter was shareholders? It's
1: high there for a while. In February, it was up to seventy two, and that was as high. Do you think Twitter
0: shareholders think? want to go on a silent retreat with Jack Dorsey and just stare <laughs> at him? Just well, like, at
1: least it's not seventeen dollars. Remember, it was down at seventeen dollars or whatever.
0: Every one of their peers is up. Between yeah. three and eight x, Yeah. Twitter's been an enormous disappointment. It's as yeah. if they had a part-time CEO care. It's as if they had a part-time <laughs> CEO. And by the way, by the way, have you seen the product innovation at Square?
1: Yeah. Oh, oh my well, God. Let's look at Square's stock. There's,
0: yeah. There's one family, and all the kids uh, are wearing like beautiful, cool <laughs> clothes, and in a gorgeous house, and mom is happy, and the dogs <sighs> are well fed. And then there's another house in a fucking double wide, talking yeah. about subscription. Yeah. And it's, like, it's been it's,
1: down square stock has been down just just the past month what it's the, up
0: so it's only up eleven hundred percent in the last so 24 it months it's up at
1: 245 now it's at 197 but the max it's been up from almost nothing eleven twelve dollars to now it's at uh, yeah, 197 so it's up 20, it's up 20 fold right, yeah. it's
0: up 20 fold and twitter <laughs> yeah, got, is yeah, down yeah, well, anyway, it's, anyway it's like close
1: uh, to its original public oh offering
0: yeah oh god i'm just is I, I can't handle this i need to go smoke a cigar <laughs> and have the bourbon as a white that guy. got
4: you. you know by the way, by bourbon. the way, Kara,
0: I'm at an age where I don't need alcohol to have a good time. I need something much fucking stronger. <laughs> I either need meth or something named after a woman like Molly. I need. Yeah. I yeah. am so ready for for more. Strong. Okay, by the so way, oh, wait, I forgot. I was on Anderson up ten dollars over
1: the course of its history. Google's gone from fifty eight dollars in two thousand four to two thousand two hundred and seventy one. That would have been a good stock to have. <laughs>
0: Even Pinterest, oh, even talking Pinterest. about soapstone <laughs> kitchen counters and your favorite wedding, which you can't have because of COVID is like tripled in the last.
1: Yeah. Let me look at Pinterest. And then there's stock. Twitter
0: and then there's silent retreat. <laughs> yeah. Tw- let's
1: see. And then there's <laughs> 29 to 56. Not great. Okay. Oh but God. Okay. okay.
0: Namaste, you fucking idiot. Get on it.
1: <laughs> so what do you want them to do? Let me just. What do I want to do? Me, yeah. What I want? Well, what that's do you- pretty easy. Okay.
0: Get a full-time CEO. Oh, besides that. And and go get a full time CEO and buy with your still your stock a cheap media asset. Start developing vertical content mm-hmm. and base subscription on the actual value you're adding to someone. Based on a follower account, take yep. two, three, ten percent of your revenue be recurring as long as it's going faster than the core business. The stock's a it triple seems digits. It like a brand that. And you then think I sell my shares spend. and stop talking about you. So you still own, own your so shares, sick right? Yeah, of talking about the uh, fucking Twitter. Anyway, yeah.
1: do you like the name? I like the name. Twitter blue. Twitter blue.
0: Twitter blue. That is nice. That good for that them. That is a nice name. Good branding. Good branding. All and, right. And someday. I'll, let me say, I love the product. I'm addicted to Twitter. Yep. I'm they addicted need to, do to more. Twitter. We
1: should run Twitter. We should run Twitter. What Did do you mean? Did I think? tell
0: you I was on Anderson Cooper last week? No. What happened? You know, he's just a little bored. He thought, Rando. "I'll call up my good friend and I'll bring him on." Yeah. What'd you? And talk guess about? what? My, you know that that picture I took on my um, mm-hmm. counter of my in, my salute to Miley Cyrus's wrecking ball?
1: Yes, that was lovely.
0: He put it on screen. And then he put my great Dan on screen. And then he put... So this is a message to all you kids out there. Be careful what you do on edibles. It might end up on CNN. It might he end up on your CNN. your picture
1: of Miley Cyrus posing? He's like,
0: he told me it made him uncomfortable.
1: <laughs> I'm mad at Ando this week. I'm mad at Why him. Why are you
0: mad at him? Because he be did, did
1: a 60s Minutes show on facial recognition. And yeah. it's literally the pioneering research has been done by women of color. And he managed to find a white guy... With cool glasses and talk to him, I lit- I just had done a podcast on this, so I really was up on it, and I was like, "There's this yeah. one woman who's at MIT who did the pioneering work, and he managed to get the white guy to talk about it." Just I was like, "And well, he's try.
0: talking well this week. He's doing a great um, a great so- story on LGBTQ rights, and you know who he's interviewing? You like this? A white guy, Long John Stankey." <laughs> <laughs> That's good humor. Tall See how I bring it all together. Oh,
1: God. All right. We're going to get to this gay and lesbian. We're going to go right you to this. You paid 2
0: 95 to Let's follow me on. We're bring on our
1: friend of pivot. Sarah Kate Ellis is the president of GLAAD, the U.S. nonprofit monitoring defamatory coverage of the LGBTQ community. For many years, it's been around. I'm a very good friend of theirs. This week, GLAAD released the Social Media Safety Index, the first ever baseline evaluation of LGBTQ safety across social media platforms. I've helped, I've given them some advice on it and what to do and how to create it. They have done this in the past around movies and television and all kinds of things. And that is the first time they're looking at social media, which is important because all kinds of anti gay hatred is all over it, including especially around trans people right now with all these lawsuits across the country. Um, so tell us more about the index. Uh, what does it measure and what's, why is the metric important, Sarah Kate?
3: Well, hi, thanks hi. so much for having me. No I'm problem. grateful for being here. Um, so here's the deal. The reason why we did this is because um Research report after research report showcases mm-hmm. that the most harassed and the most the group that has the most hate speech against it is the LGBTQ community. Mm-hmm. Um, by far, the only second to that is Muslims at 46 percent, LGBTQ mm-hmm. is at 64 percent. That's a report from the ADL Pew Research shows that one out of 8 lgbt uh, one out of 6 lgbtq people are harassed online daily so uh, while we've been doing this and releasing this we've asked uh, people have asked us oh can you get us some examples right. of people and i say ask any lgbtq person and they will right. tell you if they have a social media account so it is um, an imperative for our community as we know Government is dragging its feet. They're taking so long to regulate this industry. Right. And it's going to be very hard in that area to regulate, by the Mm -hmm. way, from speech and speech. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can really draw a direct line. Those bills that you were talking Mm -hmm. to, there's a hundred, over a hundred anti-LGBTQ bills. You can find all that misinformation that builds up those bills on the social platform. Yeah. So, Um, so
1: what is the metric? Why, what is the metric you're going to use? How you're going to grade them A's, B's, C's? Like you've done it before with movies. You call attention for years and years. You've all like pointed out various and also rewarded things that were Good, done well in movies. Absolutely.
3: And There's a hammer and a carrot we mm-hmm. use. That's our approach. Um, I always say you can't move what you don't measure. Mm-hmm. And so we were going to give grades this year mm-hmm. and we decided to forego that because Mm -hmm. they all failed. Um, And what we did instead was provide them with a roadmap to success Mm -hmm. to get rid of a lot of this hate speech, Mm -hmm. to get rid of a lot of this harassment and this misinformation. And we gave them the ways to do it. Um, We will be giving grades next year based on this roadmap that we've provided and how they have perform against it. But we will be holding them accountable all year long. as this goes day to day. So the way that we've put this report together, which is what I think you're asking me, Mm -hmm. is that we did, first of all, we created an advisory committee Mm -hmm. of some top minds at the intersection of LGBTQ advocacy and technology. Mm -hmm. And then what we did was a literature review, because quite frankly, there's so much out there. And you two know this better than Mm -hmm. anyone. There's so much out there already. It's never been viewed through the LGBTQ lens. Mm -hmm. And so that's the lens that we put on it. Um, And then what we did was we did a review of all these. We did the five major social media platforms. We reviewed their policies, their forward-facing mm-hmm. policies, and then we mm-hmm. tested those policies um, to find out how they actually enforce them, or if they actually enforce if them. They and they did, All right. yeah, and All they right. really didn't. Scott,
0: uh, Sarah, Kate, nice to meet you. Um, I I did something I almost never do for one of our interviews, and that is I prepared. Uh, <laughs> oh no! <laughs> and a piece of data that actually, like, it really, like, kind of stilled me, for lack of a better term, is that. So suicide's the second leading cause of death among young people, 10 to 24, and LGBTQ youth contemplate suicide at three times the rate of their heterosexual peers. There was a study by the American Pediatric Foundation that found that 51% of transgender male teens reported attempting suicide, 30% of transgender female teens. You know, it feels to me like if there was a place that almost everyone on the political spectrum would agree is a worthwhile effort is trying to change those numbers. What what can we do? Like what? Is, this to me seems like a. This to me really seems like a legitimate crisis that warrants a pretty serious uh, action plan.
3: Uh, well, thanks for pointing that out. And yeah, it is. It's horrible. Those numbers and it's scary. And it does point to a crisis. And I think one of the places that we could really help these kids is on the social media platforms, because mm-hmm. this is where they go to meet each other. This has been a lifeline for our community. That's why it's it's so sad to see it being weaponized now, right? This has been an organizing tool, mm-hmm. a lifeline for, a for so many LGBTQ people to find each other, because it wasn't safe on the streets or in a bar or in in public spaces and places to meet mm-hmm. each other. Um, so making this place safe for LGBTQ people would be, would, would change that number dramatically. And I can say that because you can easily see how despicable it is online. The first comment when this was announced last week, and it was written to me, was as a gay woman, they said, you should never feel safe. You don't have a right. That was the first comment made oh, on this. What was it on? What platform? Um, it was, it, yeah, on Twitter. Right. So, so
1: it, let me ask you, are there any platforms doing a better job at protecting LGBTQ users? Because let me just remember, AOL was one of the first places these these chat rooms started where gay people could meet each other. Planet Out was funded mm-hmm. by them. All, I mean, I'm real old, so I remember it. But it was one of the first places that actively used social media essentially for good, like in terms of meeting, feeling safe. I remember Megan, my ex-wife, ran Planet Out for a while, and she, she was like, we have 61 members at Vatican City, whatever. And it was like, you know, 100s here, but it, it protected them in a safe way. And same thing with the dating apps and things like that. But in this case, uh, are there any platforms that are better or what, is,
3: or what are the worst, really? Uh, I think probably is a better question. Um. I would say there aren't many platforms that are better. TikTok might be, but it's so new that mm-hmm. they, they, you know, they just have to sit to get off the floor in this, in mm-hmm. this, right? Facebook is the absolute worst. The harassment. Shocker.
0: Shocker. <laughs> oh my, you're, you're really, really. Ah!
3: I know. I know. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm preaching to oh the fire here, but they Why? are. Because it's-, it's the biggest or what? Well, You know what? That's a great question, Kara. One of the big problems, transparency. We don't know why it's the worst, but 74% of LGBTQ people Mm -hmm. say that they've been harassed on Mm -hmm. that site and that they've had hate spewed at them. So Mm -hmm. I think we don't know why. It could be because it's the biggest. It could be because it's the most prolific and that people are on it more often than not. But we Don't have the transparency. Have from they them.
1: cooperated with you? They just won't.
3: Well, no, I mean, here, I they are um, open to the discussion, they were grateful for the report. We took them through the report, <laughs> oh, God. they here were we grateful go. for that. But at grateful. one point, I said, and they're and they've acted, they took life site down. You know, there's, there's mm-hmm. going to be some. Look, I think this report is actually going to move the bar forward. I can Mm -hmm. see it already is. I Mm -hmm. know the meetings that are being had because of this report, it's not single handedly going to change it, but it is going to make it a little safer for some people in our community. At the end of the day why do why does a not for profit have to create a report on people who are monetizing hate and harassment that was my question back to them and i think that's the bigger question is that this monetization of hate is at the expense of marginalized communities especially mm-hmm. the lgbtq community and that's a much bigger discussion and that's where we really need government to step in and mm-hmm. be and, and take action
0: Do you think uh, so when someone comes on Facebook and says something hateful as they did to you, do you have any research or gut feel for how much of it is just a, a generally hateful person and how much of it is bad actors who are purposely trying to divide us and using this hatefulness and pouring gasoline on it? and leveraging a platform that doesn't enforce identity, that doesn't enforce standards, that doesn't prevent hate speech, that will meet with you and tell you they're proud of the progress we've made and find your report just fucking fascinating and then do nothing. Yep. How much of it do you think is true hate and how much of it do you think is potentially bad actors trying to exploit and um, amplify that hate with platforms that are built to amplify controversial content? I apologize for the long-winded question.
3: No, it's a great question. and. I don't know the answer, but I do know this, that we have been working with Facebook for a year and a half to get um, ads that have misinformation about Mm -hmm. HIV prevention. It's called PrEP for All um, taken down. We met with them um, not too long ago, a year and a half later, and they finally have found a way to stop this um, a little bit, not fully. There's not a full, um, you know, response to it, but. A year and a half later, there are 16 bad actors that are sending out these ads that mm-hmm. are literally scaring, especially gay men, not to using a preventative health, um, pharmaceutical product. So ads product. that
0: discourage people from yeah. taking Telling uh, you that prophylactic there these, against HIV.
3: Yeah.
0: And Facebook's not, not allowing Not
3: it. it. It's a, it's a pill, but. Um, yeah, right. yeah. It
0: serves, I apologize. I'm using the wrong term, but this basically. I don't want to say it prevents it, right? Yes. Yeah. And and Facebook much. has decided to cash the checks of people who are dampening the uptake of this, yes. resulting They're- in more people getting HIV. Is that right? Facebook that in action right. equals more HIV. Do I have that algorithm correct? You do.
3: It is. It 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 actually is and we have scenarios. We have the the data around that. We have people who have gone to their doctors and refused the help because they said they saw these ads. You know, what's interesting too, is I remember
1: at YouTube, you haven't mentioned Google and YouTube because YouTube is a real center to One of, I was talking with the the CEO, Susan Wojcicki, and she said, one of the things is they took down someone for a lot of anti-gay stuff, like really hate, hate speech essentially. And what he did is he became an ad, he, he made ads out of them rather than the content became ads. And then the, the, the ads went on to gay sites, like gay, friendly sites. And all the gay people were like, what are you doing putting ads on our, so she was like, I I didn't even know they were going to do that. Like, it was like, they didn't have control of their platform and that they let the anti-gay ads get on gay sites. It was astonishing. Like, and she was like, oh, and it was like, I I don't know what to say to you. Just shut him down. All, everything, every part of him, shut this guy down. And it was, it was difficult
3: for them to wrap their heads around the damage it causes. Well, one of the, so one of the companion pieces to this report is an index that we're um, launching that is going to be very much like the ADL symbols of hate index mm-hmm. so that people have a place to report those things um, there's no place really to go except to outer space to report those things but now you can come to glad.org and you can report it we will record it we're not going to be able to handle it all because i imagine the influx is going to be overwhelming mm-hmm. but we're going to prioritize them and as and they'll be prioritized probably mostly on how viral they're going right mm-hmm. so that how how big of a damage can they do sure. What's the, sure. And then we're going to be fighting back on them on a daily basis.
1: My my last question is, what do you need from a regulatory point of view? And then Scott might have a final question. But what do you need? Like a reform of Section 230, liability? What do you think will work? Because you've just sort of entered this like thing that we've been talking about, white supremacy, whether it's this and that. Um, What do you imagine would work for, because you're all sort of, whether it's anti-Semitism or racism or whatever. It's all the same kind of use of these tools to create problems for marginalized communities. So what do you need from a regulatory point of view?
3: Um, I don't know the particulars of what I need just yet. I do know that we need help and we need them to step in. I think just like they stepped in on the auto industry or tobacco, this is a runaway car and we need somebody to throw up some stop signs and talk about, you know, how to make better breaks. Um, And then I think also what we want to do is I want people to know about this report because I think it's really important, obviously. And I want, I also think that we need people to report this and to stand up for this and to support each other um, on this because it is, it's unbelievable what's going on. Out there, and you know, you talk about YouTube. There's this. There's this site called PragerU that literally target is the LGBTQ community. They create videos and pay for them to go viral, so that they can paint a picture of who the LGBTQ community, and they make money off of it. They are making money off of it. So. We need them demonetized, uh, you know, on the other side of this too, what's really important to understand is that we're the most censored on these platforms too. <laughs> mm-hmm. right. So when people start to say, oh, you're trying to censor the internet no, we're not trying to censor the internet, we're the most censored on the internet. If you mm-hmm. look at it, um, we get taken down the most by using the word bisexual or lesbian. Lesbian was, mm-hmm. was a word that was being shut down, um, we get demonetized the most as as creators, so we're really seeing it from both sides as mm-hmm. the LGBTQ community. Scott, last question.
0: Uh, my my question is really more personal. I'm just curious: who are your your heroes? Who do you think is 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 fighting the good fight in your eyes?
3: I think. Um, You know, I live in a community now where we're seeing it come into the schools. There is no Mm -hmm. offline and online anymore. There's just life and they've, Mm -hmm. they've blended. And so we're seeing what's going on online come right into our middle schools, our elementary schools, our high schools. It's disheartening. I think that my heroes right now are those mothers fathers and parents who are standing up in the schools. It's its pretty rough out there right Which, now. Especially mm-hmm. the trans stuff, especially with all these bills that are oh, going my on. Goodness. And they're trying to demonize
1: athletes, mm-hmm. I mean, attack kids. I mean, that's and it's, perfect. And it's showing actual.
3: up in our schools. And yeah. I'm in a suburb outside New York City. I'm not, yeah. you know, and we're seeing it. Yeah, amazing. By the way, Kate's also a former uh, media executive, right? You were at, t- was it Time? Yeah, that's the one thing I wanted to say. I was at Time in Conde Nast, yeah. but we... You know, I've been a lot of these meetings and so I understand journalism. I wasn't a journalist. I was on the business side and every meeting I have at these social media platforms, I say, who worked in journalism here? Not one hand. No. They don't know how, how it works. They don't understand how the world works in that and how we built a model back then that was fair and equitable and gave voice and platform to all, but didn't use it as a weapon. Yep, indeed. Who All
0: are, right, I, just real quick. Who in sure. con- who in who in the House of Representatives or in the U.S. Senate do you think has shown leadership and courage around these issues?
3: You know, I think, um, of course, Elizabeth Warren has mm-hmm. been at the forefront of this. Um, I think a lot of people are really starting to, I think the past few years has been an education for these folks. I really Mm -hmm. think they were just opening their laptop for the first time, quite honestly. And now they're starting to understand, especially in the past year, what we've seen happen and transpire Mm -hmm. um, and how much the offline world has impacted or the online world has impacted the offline world. So I think we're going to see more heroes coming. I'm hopeful for that.
1: All right. Sarah Kate Ellis of Glad, I urge you, where can people get the report and look at it? Everyone gets Fs. Fs all around.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> like my son's grade this year. But go ahead. Fs all. No, it's at the
3: glad.org. Glad.org. Okay, yeah. so it's
1: out and everyone can look at it. And we look forward to more in the future. Uh, this is a really important area and it applies across the spectrum, not just with the uh, LGBTQ uh, people. Just This is the same. It's the same song, just bad as ever. Anyway, we appreciate it. Thanks Thank for
0: you. your good work, Sarah Kate.
1: Thank you very much. All right, Scott. One more quick break. I'm thrilled that you you brought research to the to bear here. We'll be back mm-hmm. for wins and fails.
0: Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called "The Future of Work," where I answer all your questions on surprise, the future of work
1: Okay, Scott wins and fails. I have I have a win. Go
0: Scott. for it. Go for
1: Murder it. Murder, dirt,er mayor of Easttown. See, that also was your
0: as... that was your win two weeks ago. I don't
1: care. This week was crazy. It was really I can't good. tell you what happened, but oh know, my god, I, I was it. like, what? It was shocking. This is you watching it now.
0: By the way, that are you scene, watching it now? Are you kidding? I love it. I didn't know. I love you it you when did. it comes out. Yeah, oh, I love okay. it. I love oh, it. by god. the way, that one scene, and I won't give it away, but that one scene in the house, what uh, in a and in, in, in this episode, that. Yeah. Did that take you back to another famous movie? One of the, one of the great movies of the ni- early '90s. Science it was of the Lambs. Hundred yeah. yeah. percent. Ding 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 mm-hmm. ding. Yeah. That was literally. It sent chills up my spine. How similar it was to that one scene. And yeah, for people who haven't seen it yet, you'll know exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. But yeah. It's really. Uh, I it's gotta a say. Series. I was
1: like, what. I never yeah. go watch, when I'm white. I did not expect that. And also, yeah. the comedy scene, but we, we don't have to give anything away between her and Gene Smart.
0: Come on. That's a spoiler. It's yeah. not a
1: spoiler. It's comedy and drama together. Yeah, yeah. I have to say, love the murder dirter. Yeah, Everybody it's really must good. watch murder dirter. It's, make okay. John Stanky some money. I mean, maybe. Well, okay. Thanks, John Stanky, for a, murder a, there's a,
0: That's right. There's a pattern here next week. Your win's going to be mayor of Downton or whatever name. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> all right. On to whatever's going called. I have lots Mary of Houston. fails this
1: week. You, uh, go ahead. Your wins and fails, please.
0: Um, my win and fail is sort of the same thing. it just different sides of the coin. And that is the CDC's uh, updated guidance around masking. And that is, oh, I actually nice. think the CDC does so many wonderful things. But one of the most important things they've done is issue communication guidelines. And yeah. they are kind of speaking with some of the one of the loudest voices in the world right now, trying to make sense of all of this very difficult situation. And they, they they put out a guidance saying that if you're fully vaccinated in certain situations, you don't have to wear a mask. And I actually, they got immediately criticized. And I thought, well, actually, at some point, when you're telling your kids at the age of 25, they should never drink, they stop listening to you altogether. And I think that, the, that their comments need to have veracity. And I think they also have to acknowledge how people are actually behaving and what's realistic. So I think the strategy was right here. Now, the fail, the fail is that they missed an opportunity to put some guidelines on it to say states where they have over 50% vaccinated or a lower than 1% infection rate it, rate can go to the. They had mm-hmm. an opportunity to create goals, which would have been really meaningful in this fight. And two, whenever you're communicating something that's really important, yeah. you want to pre-bake it. In other words, mm-hmm. what I tell, what I coach CEOs is that if you have something really important you're talking to the board about, You don't want it to be a surprise. You Mm -hmm. want to check in with everybody. And where they really, I think, failed here is they should have gotten all the governors online, which are, to a certain extent, if you think about them being a manufacturer's brand, and there's the customer, the retailers, and then there's the end consumer, which are citizens. But the customers or their stakeholders are governors. They should have got all the governors on the phone a few days before and said, this is what we're thinking. What do you think? And even if the governors had disagreed, they would have felt like they were briefed. And all these governors that are responsible for implementing this and enforcing it felt blindsided. Right strategy, really Agreed. ham-handed. I, I think everyone's execution. super
1: confused. Everybody, yeah. like, every in my family alone, we were having dinner in New York, and I was like, "Can we eat with inside?" We ate, end up eating outside, but because it, it was a beautiful weekend. But um, I gotta say, we had an argument about it. like nobody knew what to do. <laughs> like it mm-hmm. was like, you know, my one son who's very cautious was like. Masks on, and the mm-hmm. other was like, "Whatever," like because mm-hmm. the CDC says so. Everyone now goes CDC, CDC, which is interesting. But you could almost apply to everything. I agree. Mm-hmm. I think it's really problematic. Uh, fail, please. Was that a fail or a win?
0: No, that's my my other. I have two wins. My other big win is U.S. government, um, CDC, Pfizer, and Walgreens. I took my thirteen year old son to get his first vaccine, mm-hmm. and it was one of those moments oh, right, where was down. Yeah. Uh, one of those moments where I really felt very emotional. I just thought I'm so fortunate to be in a society that mostly embrace the science, and I'm appreciative to Pfizer, I'm appreciative to Walgreens, and my son brought it up to me and wanted to do it. Uh, but it just felt very good to have uh, you know, my, my son participating in this effort to, to not be a fiber in this web of death, snaring people. Uh, it was just a nice moment, so I'm yeah. I'm very grateful. Mm.
1: Okay, uh, well, I mean I have a fail. Let me try think. I don't really have a fail this week. I think the vac- I think we're sending vaccines abroad, twenty million vaccines abroad, which I think is great. We could send a lot more if we have them. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how to feel about Parler being back on the App for but I think I probably think it's a good thing if they have new rules mm-hmm. on hate speech. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm not. I think that's a good thing because I, I was a part in getting that taken down. <laughs> so um, uh, I wasn't a part. The CEO was, but I think that was. I can't tell if it's a winner or a fail, but it's that's what's happening. It's something. It's
0: something. Well, you're going out on a limb there. It's <laughs> something. <laughs> All right. It's something.
1: All right. Matt Gates is going to be a fail. That's we're going to watch that one, but I don't care about him. He's such a loser. Um, so I don't really The Best care. thing that
0: happened to Matt Gates was Bill Gates. That story's oh. like gone on the back <laughs> shelf. Oh <my> Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. Matt Gates is like, I'm buying windows. All Thank right. you, Bill Gates.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's they're true. talking about another the Gates. Thing, Fine. That is a great line. Scott, once again, as usual. Fantastic, Go on. Insight. Go on. fantastic insight, fantastic insight. But let me just tell you, Matt Gates. what Bill Gates did is not even close to what Matt Gates is alleged, allegedly, allegedly is supposed to be doing. We'll see what's going to happen. It's going to unveil now because the guy who was his little friend in, the, in, in their little escapades is now pleaded out. So we'll see what happens to Matt Gates. Hopefully we'll bad see. things. Anyway, uh, Scott, that's the show. We'll be back on Friday for more. This is a very educational show, very mm-hmm. educational. Lots mm-hmm. going on. Go to nymag.com slash pivot to submit your question for the Pivot podcast. The link is also in our show notes. Please read us out.
0: Today's show was produced by Rebecca Sinanis and the engineered this episode. Thanks also to Drew Burrows. Make sure you subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or if you're an Android user, check us out on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you liked our show, please recommend it to a friend. Thanks for listening to Pivot from New York Magazine and Vox Media. We'll be back later this week for another breakdown of all things tech and business. Thank you, U.S. government. Thank you, Pfizer, and thank you, Walgreens. Support for the show comes from Atlassian. Whether you're exploring space, making pizza, or producing a podcast like this one here...